vaccine safety and freedom of choice. You've probably been concerned about this for a while, but you haven't seen anything yet. Hi, this is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today I'm joined by Barbara Lowe Fisher, who has been on this program many times before and is the co-founder of the National Vaccine Information Center. And she has some incredible, exciting information to, to share today. And it's going to be a very interesting dialogue. So welcome. Thank you for joining us today oh, from, from all the way from Virginia. Yes. 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 Well, thank you for having me again. I always enjoy our conversations. So can you tell us the latest? Because the, the, it's been a challenge with this vaccine safety and uh, freedom, freedom of choice issue in this country, but it's getting worse. It's going international. It is definitely going international. Um, you know, the, the, the problem is that the global mass vaccination infrastructure is truly starting to bring out the hammer and down on the people. Mm -hmm. uh, we have governments that have made business deals with the pharmaceutical companies and, and the Bill Gates Foundation is also very much involved. And what we've seen in the last few years is a very orchestrated attack on laws that allow people to have choice, mm -hmm. vaccine laws. In our country, we've seen since 2015 with the Disneyland uh, measles outbreak, uh, an orchestrated attempt to eliminate vaccine exemptions in this country. However, the people have responded since 2015. And we, in this country at least, we have seen no loss of vaccine exemptions since 2015 when they took the personal belief exemption from California and the philosophical from Vermont. Yeah, that's the good news. There that's is the some good news. good news in this. We don't want to always, always be yeah. crying, the sky is falling. The good news is, as you're about to explain, that we've been successful the last two years. We have, we have, uh, yeah. in this country, because this has been going on in our country for a long time. We've had some of the most restrictive and oppressive vaccine laws. We do have exemptions in the laws, and that's what they want to eliminate. They mm -hmm. want to eliminate all choice. So we have organized, and through the MVIC advocacy portal, which people can uh, sign onto, we've kept people informed by monitoring all the bills in the states, and we have been able to generate enough oppos opposition to not lose, despite 100, more than 180 bills this last legislative session, trying to add more vaccine mandates, trying to uh, monitor vaccine status of everyone, trying to restrict or eliminate exemptions. We defeated mm -hmm. all of those ba bad vaccine bills, and uh, the only bill that passed was a meningeal cockle vaccine mandate in Indiana for college students. This is an incredible accomplishment, but the heat is on and we're gonna see another mass attempt in 2018 to take away exemptions. What's happened in the rest of the world? Australia now, if you don't get all the government mandated vaccines there, you lose your child benefits. You, they, have a, a, they support children there with, with monetary support and, and the children are no longer gonna be able to get that support and they're not gonna be able to go to school. In Italy, we have seen 10 vaccines added to the mandates there. They didn't have mandates there and they've added 10 vaccines at once. It was gonna be 12 vaccines. They brought it back to 10, but there you cannot get your child in school uh, uh, or they're, they're gonna be segregated into a small classroom of the children who aren't vaccinated and the parents fined 500 or more dollars uh, for not vaccinating their children. Per day. Uh, oh, I don't know per day. I just know that <laughs> there's a lot of money involved. Um, and in France, they're also threatening to add more vaccine mandates. 
Uh, and so there's sort of this, this global push mm -hmm. to take away all vaccine exemptions. And I think people need to take it seriously because they're not going to stop. Why? Because it's a $27 billion business right now in the world a global vaccine market. The projection is $55 billion by 2021 and $70 billion by 2024, which means they double the market within eight years. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, it's a serious situation. Two of the, com the, the big four companies are Pfizer and Merck, which are U.S. companies, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, which is a U.K. company, and then there's Sanofi Pasteur, France. They have the lion's share of the market, mm -hmm. and they clearly have all gotten together, and they've made deals with governments around the world. Mm -hmm. So right now, it's in this country, it's no shots, no school. Mm -hmm. It's uh, no shots, no medical care, mm -hmm. because there are pediatricians who are refusing to provide medical care to children who have not gotten all the government-recommended vaccines. And then there's no shots, no job for healthcare workers. I predict mm -hmm. that what we're going to see is no shots, no driver's license, no shots, no passport, no shots, no ability to get into, uh, for example, a stadium to watch a football game. Anywhere that you go out in public, you're going to have to prove that you've had the vaccines. That's, that's what I think is going to happen if we don't hold the line here. And what leads you to believe that it's going to be worse next year, 2018? I believe that, that we had a Disneyland outbreak in 2015 mm -hmm. that they reported, which was also highly orchestrated. Yeah, I was going to say see. it was probably orchestrated. So do you believe there's going to anticipate that there's going to be I another orchestrated event I do. that triggers this su I do. suppression? Yeah. I think there's, I think 2018, latest 2019. Okay. But I think that they, they are rushing now. Why are they rushing to try to put the squeeze on people? Mm -hmm because they know the people are waking up. Mm -hmm. There were massive, tens of thousands of people demonstrated in Italy uh, this last year. They demonstrated in Rome, in Florence, in Verona. Uh, September, September, this past September, they demonstrated in Venice. The people are standing up and they know that they're in trouble if they don't make the laws restrictive so that people can't function in society unless they have all the government recommended vaccines. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, a sad projection, but yeah. very likely, and as long as we have this information be, be forewarned. But the, the, the central issue here, though, is it's not just about vaccines. It, I mean, that's what we're talking about, right. and the concern is there. But it's actually a far broader issue. And it's about the process that they're undergoing to achieve their means, which is essentially giving them unlimited power. Yes. So can you expand on that? Well, what it is, and I called it in 2015, I called it the vaccine culture war. And, and truly, I believe that's what it is. The vaccine, vaccination issue is at the center of a larger culture war. Mm -hmm. And it, the outcome of this culture war, which is an attack on autonomy, mm -hmm. uh, on privacy, on freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, and freedom of religion. This culture war and the outcome of it will determine how we're going to live, not just in this country, but around the world in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the governments and the big corporations which have gotten together financially 
if they continue down this path where they limit individual freedom, uh, we're going to have a situation that's very much reminiscent of uh, Huxley's Brave New World, Orwell's uh, 1984. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at the apocalyptic visions that are coming out of Hollywood, which is often uh, entertainment and literature is a sort of a... Um, Harbinger? Yes. They sense something. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot of apocalyptic type movies coming out. People can sense that there's something that's not right. And they're a anxious. I mean, you can feel this sort of collective angst, not just in this country, but around the world, particularly in developed countries where there's a high education status. We've seen the media, which seems to be increasingly controlled uh, by governments and by large uh, institutions, wealthy institutions, um, come down on the idea of anyone dissenting from what is considered to be politically correct, sort of this groupthink type of uh, uh, idea that you cannot dissent from what you're supposed to be believing and how you're supposed to act. And certainly the holistic healthcare movement, mm -hmm. which you've been a pioneer in, um, is also at the center of this. They do not want anyone to be able to, to take control of their health because there is, this would diminish the profit making of the corporations mm -hmm. that are very wed to, the medical model now is very wed to drugs and vaccines and use of products that um, really have a lot of serious side effects. And they don't want to have people talk about that. So this sort of attack on anyone who thinks differently, particularly people who are educated, mm -hmm. there's a great attack on educated people. Um, and who think, for example, who do their own research and make decisions different from what the government says on vaccination. So it's a serious issue, but you're right. It's part, this vaccine freedom issue is part of a larger a larger issue that's going on in, in our country and around the world. Yes, indeed, and uh, part of the justification for that, or well, actually, the just don't go down a different route, is that what allows this is there's this massive uh, collusion, and it really is truly collusion of large international or multinational corporations in the government. Mm -hmm. Essentially, they've got uh, virtually almost unlimited resources, and that allows them to do very effective lobbying uh, and it, uh, put their planted people within very targeted uh, portions of the federal regulatory controls yes. that really establish the rules and regulations. Yes. And because of that, it's, uh, it's, it's almost, it's really a form of fascism where the, the, the corporations are controlling the government. They're, they're really, the government's just sort of a front for them and allows them to effectively implement their, their means and it's it, it seems from my cursory view of history the, to be a common occurrence in most uh, nations you know when they first start out like the United States did there was some pretty high idealistic standards they had but eventually they became corrupted over time yes well you know I I sat many years ago on the FDA uh, vaccine advisory committee that looks at new vaccines coming through the FDA I was a consumer consumer representative. And that was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And there still were some regulations in place, but I could see the slow erosion of those standards, the lowering of the standards that the pharmaceutical companies have to meet 
to prove safety and effectiveness of their vaccines. And in the last decade, it's, it's just gotten worse. And mm -hmm. in December of 2016, when Congress passed almost unanimously the 21st Century Cures Act, which was a huge assault on FDA licensing regulations, um, I knew that all of the vaccines that are being, that are being in, the develop, in the research pipeline, genetically engineered vaccines that are going to profoundly change uh, the way our immune systems function, they're gonna change our DNA. They're gonna, in my opinion, compromise the biological integrity of the human race. This is a serious issue when you have almost no standards in place to make sure that the product, these, these very different pro uh, types of vaccines that are being developed with novel adjuvants that hyperstimulate the immune system and to not have proper regulations in place is a tragedy. It, for those who want to use all the government-recommended vaccines, it is a tragedy. It is a tragedy for those who not, cannot withstand the process of vaccination because of genetic, epigenetic, and environmental risk reasons. The Institute of Medicine has acknowledged that there is individual susceptibility. And the problem is they don't, haven't done the research to find out who the high-risk people are. So this mandatory, one-size-fits-all approach to vaccination I have always said is a de facto state-sanctioned selection of the genetically and biologically vulnerable for sacrifice. That is an immoral policy. It should not stand in any government in any country. And yet we have that. And we see in California since SB 277, we now this year see they promised Californians that there would be flexible medical exemption if they took away the religious and philosophical exemptions. What are they doing now? The precise opposite. Now they're telling, they're hunting down doctors who are trying to give these children, these vulnerable children, it, medical exemptions, and they're Legitimate, hunting, legitimate, not... Well, legitimate and flexible medical exemptions. For example, if a child has had a vaccine reaction or has had a regression after vaccination, but the CDC doesn't acknowledge that as a, as a medical reason because the CDC has squeezed down the, the reasons for a medical exemption so that 99.99% of people don't qualify. So if you insist that doctors take away their professional judgment and insist that they conform to government policy, nobody gets a medical exemption. What is that? That's tyranny. That is fascism. When you can't even have a doctor exempt a child they believe is at risk, that is tyranny. That is taking away a basic freedom, uh, the right to life, the right to autonomy. It's a violation of informed consent rights. Informed consent has been defined as a human right mm -hmm. since 1947 after the doctor's trial at Nuremberg. Mm -hmm. This is a very serious assault on basic human rights. And so people have got to get involved. Yeah. And they've got to talk to their legislators and say, we will not have these kinds of laws, not in America. Yeah. And the justification at Nuremberg, as is the justification today, is the classic for the greater good. Yes. So why don't you expand on that? Because that's an important concept. It is a very important concept. What the doc at the doctor's trial at Nuremberg, what the tribunal said was, the state or science 
the medical community cannot sacrifice some people for the rest. That it is, an, it is a, the utilitarianism, which is what this really is, the utilitarian philosophy says, for the greater happiness of the majority, a minority can be sacrificed. And the Nuremberg Tribunal said this is not a moral policy. So informed consent to medical risk taking is a human right, and vaccines carry risks that can be greater for some people. So to force everyone, particularly when they don't know who those people are, that's utilitarianism, and that should not be allowed to buttress or to anchor public health policy. That's inhumane. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that immoral. if people immoral, immoral, cruel, inhuman to the last degree, the 1905 Supreme Court decision, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, which set in stone in this country utilitarianism as a uh, public health, uh, anchor of public health, uh, said that Jacobson, who thought he would be, he, said, he thought he was genetically predisposed to having reactions to smallpox vaccine, they said, doesn't matter. You have to get vaccinated. The state has the right to tell everyone they must get vaccinated, no exceptions. So what did the, the government do with that, that smallpox vaccine decision? They decide to apply to every single vaccine that the pharmaceutical companies manufacture for children. So it's not just smallpox vaccine that has been mandated. Well, they went on to all the rest of the vaccines, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, measles, mumps, rubella, pneumococcal, meningococcal, influenza. All of the vaccines now are supposed to, to, to adhere to the smallpox model that was decided in Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Who gave them the right? Who, gave, who gives anyone the right to decide what is going to happen to someone when they get injected with a vaccine that they have no choice? You know, my family could be wiped out because we have autoimmunity in my family. We are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. We have severe allergies. My father had to wear a penicillin bracelet. My mother died of lupus. What they're doing is they're going to wipe out whole families if they continue to force people to, to use all the vaccines that, that the drug companies produce. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel. You're a physician, and I know you went through medical school, and you, you know how you're taught to believe a certain way. Mm -hmm. I see the medical profession as being a key in stopping this from going any further. How do you think they can do that? Well, I don't hold any hope for the medical profession. None. Zero. And there's, there's reasons for that. It's because having gone through school, I, I sort of was the last generation, I believe, that was able to successfully graduate that didn't come from a wealthy family, that didn't graduate with a large, enormous bill, probably upwards well of a quarter million dollars in debt. And when you're in debt, of course, you become an indentured servant. You do, it really limits your freedom of choice of opportunities and actions. Essentially, become uh, employees. And as employees, you don't have any autonomy. You have to do what your boss is telling you to do. So they may object, but they'll lose their job if they object. So I, I don't see any hope for that at all. I think the really hope is, is in the 
those of you who are watching this to spread the message to educate the public and we are being successful as you mentioned we've been able to stop these things and that's great and it, it but the, I, I want to tangent off to the point that as we've mentioned earlier this is a much broader issue than vaccines it's not just vaccines it's this whole corporate takeover and because of it, so it's these large corporations who are controlling the game, who are making these regulations. They're, they, you said, how, how do they think they got the right? They got the right because corporations came in, made lots of money, and changed the government. That's how they got the right. So it's, it's, it's the, the, the revenues they generated allowed them to do this. So and I want to expand now into some of the ways that they're doing this to give people a heads up so that we can circumvent this because we've been effective. No question we've been effective, thanks to your leadership and your, uh, in this area, uh, at least in vaccines. People know about it, and it, it is really, I, 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 you know, I, it's, as I reflect back on the, the, the exemption loss in California, I mean, these most educated communities in the entire United States who carefully studied this come to their conclusions. They were just shut down because of this corporate takeover. So, you know, the people getting it, they're getting it in increasing numbers, but their ability to get that is literally being silenced. Yes. And it's being silenced through some very large corporations, three specifically, Google, Facebook, and Amazon. Google probably being the most pernicious, but Facebook not far behind. And they do that by, by labeling things as fake news and only coming up with the option that when you search for an answer, there should only be one answer. Forget the hell of a controversy or two sides to a story. There's only one answer. And they're penalizing sites that tell the truth. So maybe you can expand that. Because you've got some, again, this is a philosophical debate. This yes. is not about vaccines. It is far broader an issue. It's ideology. Yes. It's about power and money. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a fight about whether the individual is going to have any control over their life. Mm -hmm. What they eat, uh, the air they breathe, the water they drink, uh, what is put into their bodies. Um, and so it's about control and it's about money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense if you just think about it. It's, right. not, it's not shocking information. And I think what's really disturbing, more and more disturbing, is that the media appears to be more controlled mm -hmm. in this century mm -hmm. than it was in the 20th century. Because I've bridged that. I started this work in 1982. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've had 35 years to look at what has happened over more than three decades. And we've had very credible journalists speak to that point, Cheryl Atkinson being yes. the primary one. There, back in the 80s and 90s, the major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, mm -hmm. uh, uh, even CNN, uh, they would take, they, they had what I called old-fashioned journalism. Mm -hmm. and they True would, investigative they, journalists. That's right. And they really wanted to, there were these investigative journalists that really wanted to find out the truth. Mm -hmm. And so they Imagine would, that. <laughs> yeah, the truth. They wanted to know the truth. And so they would interview everyone mm -hmm. in the issue. And often I would be interviewed and some doctors who were dissenters, there were very few, but they were, there were some that were dissenting back then mm -hmm. about this one size fits mm -hmm. all government policy. 
And then they would actually show the array of opinions about it. Mm -hmm. And now, no, saluting smartly, just like the doctors are saluting smartly to the government policy. And they are, they are like you say, it should only be one answer. Any other answer is a threat to the public health. And this isn't just some wild speculation. No, because we all know. Because you've been doing this for over yeah. 30 years, and you've been a major voice in the national media, and you've had the media come to you regularly. So why don't you uh, tell us your experiences, what's happened recently, which is a direct reflection of, of what your statement is with respect to the suppression of the media, or the, contro the increased uh, control of the media. Well, how I know without a shadow of a doubt that this is true, is like I say, in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, the, the, the calls were still coming into NVIC. Just tell us your side. Now, from, the, from the media. From the media. The, the national media. The mainstream media. media. Yeah, mainstream yes, national the media, right. mainstream media. I mean, I've debated more doctors on television than any American. Than most Americans combined, probably. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, and I just, I represented the, the, the parents who, yeah. who had experienced this. And uh, I call it the educated consumer. Mm -hmm. So what? So they slowly in around 2006, I noticed that it started to stop, and yet the media hype about you got to get a flu vaccine, you've got to, you know, all this. Well, it, it got dwindled down. Now in 2009, with the swine flu outbreak, they kind of kind of came back to ask our opinion. Uh, but the message went out from very important doctors, vaccine developers, professors of medicine and law. Public in, health in, authorities. In public health authorities, that the reason that we're in this situation where people are questioning vaccines is because you're talking to NVIC and to other people who disagree with government policy. So we need to stop that. That word went out. I mean, they said it in the, in the mainstream media. And slowly the media stopped calling. Now... What happened in 2015? Mm -hmm. The measles outbreak at Disneyland. So I haven't been being called. All of a sudden, I was drinking from a fire hose, really, for weeks, two, at least two weeks. I would get up in the morning, and it was nonstop media calls coming in from all over the world, and especially from every mainstream outlet here. This is after the measles outbreak? After the, in, during the in, in Janu uh, January, February 2015. Now I'm going, what's up? And My, there was nothing for years before that. Right. What's up? What's going on? Yeah. I knew that a media advisory had been put out by some PR firm working for the companies or government because the government hires, I mean, they spend millions of dollars every year. They hire uh, companies, PR companies and advertising companies to push out the government uh, policy. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is a setup of some kind mm -hmm. there you know and I went ahead and did my interviews like I always do and uh, then it was like they got through that cycle they took away the exemption from California they took away the personal uh, the philosophical from Vermont and this and they turned it off boom silence mm -hmm. and it's pretty much been silent since 2015 mm -hmm. So see, I know that there is control at a very high level. Mm -hmm. And the media, unfortunately, because there's only a few communications companies now who own the global yeah. media. I think it's like six that own 85% of the right. media. Right, and that's not the way it was in, in no. the 20th century. 
So here we are with a controlled media. We have corporate with their, at the table with government, like at the CDC and at the um, uh, FDA and NIH. I mean, there's business partnerships at NIH with the, the drug companies and the NIH researchers. So who's minding the public interest? Where is the oversight? Congress, they just, they directed these public-private partnerships. They passed the 21st Century Cures Act. They haven't monitored and given any oversight on the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986 that at least gave partial liability protection to pharma, completely protected the doctors from, from lawsuits if vaccine injuries occur. And then the Supreme Court came in in 2011, took away remaining liability from the companies. So you have a situation in America where you've got forced vaccination, you've got no, almost no medical exemptions, a threat to the other exemptions, religious and, and, and conscience. That you've been holding the, the fort. That we've been holding the line on so far. Mm -hmm. And you've got no liability on the part of anybody involved in the vaccination process. So when somebody gets hurt, they're on their own because two out of three people are turned away from the federal vaccine injury compensation program. Why? Because the DHHS and justice do not want to admit how many people are being harmed by vaccines. They consider every award in that compensation program to be an admission that vaccines can do that. But even so, that's eight, eight billion, seven billion dollars. No, 3.7 billion. Okay. So we're nearing $4 billion of compensation. But that's only a tip of the iceberg because mm -hmm. he turned most people away. That, well over 95%. Uh, they turned two thirds away. Two thirds? Yeah. Okay. Thought it was so higher. Yeah. And almost no child is being compensated. Because they're, they're compensating adults who are injured by flu vaccine, but they don't want to admit the children are being hurt. Yeah, but they have been. I mean, it's, it's indisputable. I think it's non-debatable. <laughs> the fact is they are hurt, and they accept that. And when push comes to shove, and their justification is for the greater good. Well, you know, I, I think back in the 20th century, I went to school in the 50s and in the 60s. I mean, I knew... I knew like one child who had asthma. I knew one child who had diabetes. There were no children with autism. There were very few learning disabled children. There weren't special education classrooms mm -hmm. for these children. And now we have one in six child in this country, one in six learning disabled, mm -hmm. one in nine with asthma, one in 10 with ADHD, one in 10 that has been diagnosed with a mental disorder, depression, etc. We have one in 50 with autism, and we have one in 400 with diabetes. We have children who are chronically inflamed, who are never well. Yeah, yeah. but let me just interject here, because I want to take the broader perspective. And vaccines clearly, I believe, are a, a contributing factor. But there it, are others. Yes, there like are. Like the atrocious diets we eat, yes. the ones that are loaded with glyphosate, yes. and the pernicious exposure to the pervasive EMF toxins, which yes. is just exponentially increasing. Right. So when you combine those all together, it results in the numbers that you're su suggesting. And, there, and, there, and of course, other toxins that are in the environment. But no, I totally agree yeah. with you. So it's not just vaccines, no. but it's, it doesn't certainly help the situation. Not when you're giving the first vaccine at 12 hours of age in the newborn nursery, a hepatitis yeah. B shot. Which is no justification for. There no. is just It's an <laughs> irrational decision. I mean, there's just no medical, logical, rational justification to do that. Not when you don't know the immune status of the child, not when hepatitis B has always been 
a very low incidence of hepatitis B in this country, even in the 1980s and 1990s. In 1991, they put that policy in place for all newborns, but you had less than one half of 1% of women who were infected with hepatitis B mothers. No, this And you this could easily screen them prior to, you know, do a blood test. If the mother's yes. infected, then maybe consider the, the shot, but that's still, you know, it's a 200-fold decrease in the amount of injections you're giving. Absolutely. But you know, it was, it was, the, it was a Merck vaccine. And I remember at, when I was at the CDC in 1985 with a mother who had uh, had a child die after DPT vaccine, we were reporting the death there at the, the meeting in Atlanta. And this is when nobody was going to those meetings. In 1985, there, were no, there was no internet or cell phones. Okay, so the manufacturer rep gets up and says to the CDC, mm -hmm. and this is, this is why they own it. He said, look, to the CDC officials, if you can't get the high-risk groups to take this vaccine that we poured all this research and development into, you're just going to have to pass a law to shoot it in the arms of every high school kid in the country because we are not going to have an orphan drug on our hands. Yeah. And instead, they decided to shoot it into the arms or the legs of every newborn as soon as they're born in this country. And that was a Merck vaccine. And after that, I think early 2000s, Julie Gerberding was the head of the CDC. She's a physician. And after the moment after she left the head of the CDC, she shifted to and remains to this day the head of the vaccine division for Merck. So that is the classic illustration of the revolving door between industry and the federal health, federal regulatory agencies, or in this case, public health, not it a regulatory is. agency. But it's they, they are. It is a regulatory agency because they're making the recommendations. Yeah. And whatever the recommendations they have, it's enforced throughout the rest of the uh, culture. Yeah. Because the CDC said it was safe, or recommended it, advised it. And it's, you know, when you have the former head of the CDC, part, I mean, it's, it's just great. And it goes the other, the, the door goes in both directions. So oh, they've, yes. got they've got people who were part of Merck or any of the any vaccine companies. industry going straight into the CDC. That's right. That's right, and I don't know what's gonna happen in the rest of this culture war that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Very political, ideological culture war. But I do know on the vaccine issue that the one thing that we can do is that we, because vaccine laws are state laws in this country, because we have two types of government, federal government and state governments, mm -hmm. we're very lucky, mm -hmm. unlike the other countries in the other parts of the world. We still have an opportunity in the states to, to, to talk to our legislators and to, to educate them about this issue so they will vote the right way when these bills come up and we can retain at least some degree of freedom in most of the states. Well, you've been successful the last two years. And if you haven't been involved now, I, I plead with you to do this, the Vaccine Advocacy Porter which is on nbic.org to participate. And the reason why I'm pleading with you now is because things are getting worse. And this is the bad part of the discussion because, because Google has decided that you're telling fake news. So the ability of you to share your message with new people, and obviously, as you mentioned earlier, the media has cut you off. So it's really gonna be incumbent upon us. And if you want the truth, 
you know, I think we need to start, we, we uh, just not too recently wrote a, gar, a, a really extensive article about uh, that how Google has been uh, sanctioned in Europe and fined nearly $3 billion or maybe more than $3 billion for antitrust violations. And uh, they, a similar effort was went in the United States, but they weren't able to because just like Merck and the CDC, that's this whole thing. They've, they've planted people in there. It's this, this court, massive lobbying, and they were able to avoid any antitrust violations, even though they're the biggest monopoly in the history of the planet. So they are not letting people go to your site anymore. You can type it in, find it, but it'll be like on page 100. So, uh, and that's intentional, that's the, the, because they want one right answer, and the right answer is that not to reconsider vaccines. So what can you do? What's the practical take home? You can go to an alternate Google site. If you have Chrome, uh, as it, which is probably the most popular internet browser, you can go to a, 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 an ex Chrome extension called DuckDuckGo, just like the duck, the ant, the bird. DuckDuckGo, all one word, and it's an alternative to Google that gives very relevant uh, uh, search results that Google used to, but doesn't anymore because now they've recategorized everything based on the the fake news uh, determination that they've made based on the right answer. Is it DuckDuckGo.com? Well, DuckDuckGo.com is the website, mm. but DuckDuckGo is the name of the search I engine. I see, I see. Yeah, so that, and the extension that you would add in Google. And there's a DuckDuckSo, S-O, but it's, it's Geo, Go. Uh, and I, I just actually noticed that this morning that might be a Google plant to get you out you know to, to change things but DuckDuckGo is at this point in time because there's always this temptation as these companies get more power and mm -hmm. influence and revenues that they they, they, they get corrupted mm -hmm. and that's what happens that's what happened with Google I mean they, they initially I mean I was a really huge fan I, Google and I started about the same time and uh, of course they were heavily financed and they have a lot of uh, connections but their their motto as you know is don't uh, don't do evil, or be, I think don't do evil. The founders yeah. were very... Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Yeah. Right, but you know, things have changed. Yeah. And uh, they've changed considerably, and it's, they seem to have some nefarious ends, especially mm -hmm. in the, their light of embracing. They, they view themselves as an artificial intelligence company. And it's very clear if you, you know, I'm a, sort of a tech geek, and I mm -hmm. read the tech literature all the time, and, but most of the experts are thinking that there's a big discussion within the political community that uh, even just recently, I think this week, as we're recording this, uh, Putin made the statement that whoever, whichever country has the most AI is going to is going to rule the world. Mm -hmm. So and it may not be a country. It's probably going to be a corporation. And the two biggest candidates are Google and Facebook mm -hmm. and uh, Sk Skynet mm -hmm. and the Terminator. You know, many people believe could be Google. So where this, they had this complete control and, and largely through artificial intelligence. So there are some, some concerns here. and we, we need to stop using Google because they really are. They, you, you have no privacy with Google. It, they, they're taking your information, targeting it. So stop using it, not, not only to get the correct information, but also to stop supporting them as a company. Right. Because they can track all your searches. They do track. Not they can. They do. Yeah. They track. Period. Forget the can. The, Exit that out, delete right. that from the... So if you're a person of interest to the government yeah. and you have Google cooperating with the government, then that government knows what searches you're... you're, right. you're, you're and they can basically in, predict what, what you're going to do. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's so a as, a, as a company at our at Mercola, we uh, really uh, advise all of our employees to stay away from Google. Oh. Yeah, DuckDuckGo would be the way to go. Well, you know, it can be overwhelming for people who listen to our conversation, probably for some people who haven't, who have just come into this issue. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I believe that we still have a chance, mm -hmm. even though we're up I against such enormous power. There are, what, 7 billion people on the planet. You We've know? got them running. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing this. Uh, they wouldn't be bringing out the hammer on the vaccine issue if they didn't know. They know already from surveys here in the United States that more than 90% of parents are worried about vaccine safety. And I would argue it's not because of our organization. No. Okay, no. it's because of the personal experience mm -hmm. of people when they go in to get these vaccines, adults as well as children. They're often coming out and within days or weeks becoming very sick. And they remember that. That's a pr very powerful and, experience. And, and you're absolutely correct because facts convey information. Yes. They, they motivate people a certain way. But human stories, testimonials, are orders of magnitude more effective, which is why this is, this is working. It's real. It's, it's real. a it's, real experience. It's not and something that can be manipulated. No. And I've always, you know, the mothers are most of the time the ones who take their children into doctors. That's been true forever. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. And mothers are the ones who have got this in their DNA. I, I, I don't, I, I know it's there. It's like, because that's the way mm -hmm. that, that God intended us to have this, this, this inside of us so that we, we will give our lives for our children. It's programmed into us. We are responsible for nurturing them until they can function on their own. And I believe that, that it will be the mothers across the world, and they are the ones who are by and large demonstrating in Italy, although thankfully the fathers are coming. This, this generation and 21st century fathers have really stepped forward, and they're joining, joining now. This is both parents who are joining, and that to me is like so exciting because I do believe that we can turn this around, mm -hmm. but we have to be awake mm -hmm. and we have to take action. And that's why thank you for encouraging people to get on our portal. We let everybody know what's going on in the country with vaccines and vaccine laws and tell them how they can get involved. So thank you. Well, you know, because this, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And if this thing goes, then, then your other freedoms go very shortly after that. Exactly. So if you are a fan of personal autonomy and freedom, yes. then you'll want to be really active in this issue. And if you have any hope to see healthy future generations, this is one you want to take action on. And it really doesn't, it's not a lot of time, effort, or energy. I mean, yes, yes, you can help support us, and we would definitely appreciate your support. And as we're doing this, you know, I, I match your support yes. by I don't Every know. year you do We that. do. I don't know if it's a dollar, two dollars, or three dollars, whatever it is, but we definitely, because I believe in this issue, I believe someone has to put their, draw the line in the sand that they can't yes. stop doing this, because if we don't, it's, it's really going to be a nasty future for your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, yes. and, and it doesn't look pretty. I mean, some of the dystopian novels or, or movies that you see, you know, may come to, bear, come, come to fruition, actually. Um, so... Be involved. Stay active. You know, this is a really a crucial uh, decision and action you can take.